0: How's everyone doing? Well, let's everyone stand as we bring our praises and our prayers to the Lord in song.
1: my head Though the sorrow may last for Sorrow Yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord, amen. Hey. Sing me in hey. and we see yes Lord, yes, Lord Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. Two more times. Yes, Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord. Amen. Let's
0: give grace tonight. Lord, we thank you. Lord, you've given us beauty for ashes. Lord, you've taken our sickness upon yourself. You've taken our pains upon yourself. You've taken all of our sorrows, all the sadness, Lord, upon your shoulders. And you've given us joy. You've given us healing. You've given us peace. You've given us your loving kindness, Lord. We declare you holy tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name.
2: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence here, Lord.
1: Here we go. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down and worship him now. How great, how awesome is He? And together we see. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is filled with His glory. Holy is the Lord. Try With his
0: glory Lord, we give you praise tonight. Woo! Thank you, Lord.
1: snow, He washed it white as snow He washed it white as snow Oh, praise the one who paid my debt And raised his life me to be, I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, Jesus bring new wine out of me, in the crushing, in the pressing. where there is you. Jesus bring new wine out of me, Jesus. And Jesus bring new wine out of me. Oh, oh, oh Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Oh. If that your hearts to cry to Lord.
0: That you would do something Not that we can bear fruit, Lord, but it's that we do bear fruit when we allow your spirit to work in our lives, Lord. We thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy, your great graciousness. Lord, we declare tonight that you are God and you are King and you are sovereign, Lord. Lord, we just ask that as it is in heaven, Lord, that it would be in our hearts your way and your kingdom would overflow from us, Lord, out into the utmost ends of the earth, Lord. We thank you so much.
1: Whether now or then Death is not my end I know heaven waits for me Though the road seems long I'll never walk alone and I've got all I need to sing I know you love me I know you found me I know you saved me and your grace will never fail me and while I'm waiting, I know heaven lives in me, should I suffer long, this is not my I know you found me I know you saved me and your grace It is in heaven.
2: It is in me. Oh, Father God, we come before you right now. We're just so thankful for this time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your presence here with us. Lord, we're thankful for good friends and fellowship. We thank you for your invincible love, Lord, and your grace that's poured upon us. Father God, in the privacy of our own mind right now, we just want to take a minute to lay aside anything that might beset us or anything that we might have forgotten about that might hinder the word from doing its perfect work. So we take a moment. For you, cleansed and restored fellowship and prepared to handle the, the, the holiness and the majesty of your word, Lord. Thank you so much for making us into a building that will never be demolished, making us into an army that will never be disbanded. Lord, for grafting us into a vine that can never be severed, giving us that grace that we just so don't deserve, and adopting us into a family that can never be broken or divorced. or separated. We rejoice. We lift up our earthly families at this time, all the men represented here, all our families, wherever they might be, whether they're talking to us or not, or just ask for your presence to come among them. If they don't know you, that they would come to know you in a mighty way. Lord, we, we have faith. We know you can do this. We thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to pray for them right now in our priesthood, Lord, that you have given us. We rejoice. We take full advantage of that in Jesus' name. And I pray that we would shine like lights as we leave here and into our week, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And all God's children said, Amen.
3: doing? Boy.
1: Is anybody here?
3: How is everybody doing? Great. That's a little better. Joy. Now. Good. I just want to share three verses. There's a lot been going on in the midst of us. There's a lot of people that need, am I on? I think I am. Can you hear me okay? Okay, good. My mother always said I just needed call letters and I could broadcast. I didn't need a microphone, so I guess we're all right anyway. Um, There's a lot going on. There's a lot of people that have been hurting. There's a lot of people that need the Lord real close to them, and He's there for that reason. And we need to talk to him. That's what he wants us to do. And I have three verses. I'm just going to read them and let his words speak to each one of us. Romans twelve twelve, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, and continuing earnest in prayer. Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. In James 5.16, Confess your faults one to another, and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. Those are the words of the Father. I don't need to add anything to them. He's teaching us here what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing. Be anxious for nothing. Let's pray. Father, we humbly come before you this evening. Seeking your will in our lives. We ask you to show us who you want us to be. What you want us to do. What you want us to think. What you want us to say. So that we may be instruments of your peace, your joy, your forgiveness. Bringing you to other people. We thank you for the Holy Spirit you've given us to guide us and give us strength, to give us faith. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for being with us and letting us talk to you. We thank you for talking to us. You've heard these praise reports. We bless your name. We praise your name and we glorify your name. For all the blessings, even the ones we didn't mention, and there are many more many many more there are blessings that have fallen on every individual here we know that we praise you for it Lord you heard the prayer request you know better than we do the needs of your people your children we ask you to lay a healing hand upon Jimmy and anybody else who's having situations right now and there are many we ask you to help each and every one of us with our jobs with our relationships with our thoughts with everything we have to do on a daily basis we need you there to guide us, to strengthen us to lead us to show us how to be more like you Bring us closer to you, Lord, and we'll give you the praise, the honor, the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
4: What have you done with him? Before we get started, uh, tomorrow is Mother's Day, and I would urge you guys to um, really be thankful and and do your best to spend time, if you can, my mother is gone, Um, but to spend time with your mother and acknowledge them and to, the Bible says to honor your father and mother, it's the first commandment with promise i've met a lot of people including myself that at times have had adversarial relationships with their mother it wasn't always rosy um and i get that i definitely get that but at some point that person still made a nine-month commitment in order to bring us into the world and so even though i may not always get along or have gotten along with my mother i can still honor my mother because she brought me into this world and now that i'm on the other side of things in which she's no longer here it makes you go back and think about the time that you had and how did you spend it so cherish and value that relationship because it's a relationship like any other it may not always be 100 percent just nice and peaceful i can guarantee you it's not going to be but at the end of the day it's still a relationship with a very valuable person that even god cherishes so honor your mother um if it's a kind word whatever it is flowers i tried to get some flowers today but somebody beat me to it uh <laughs> i had them all set up somebody beat me to it um but honor your mother and ironically enough most mothers you know what they really value somebody's just spending time with them that goes a long way tonight if you have your bible turn to acts the third chapter Last week, we spoke about this church. We spoke about to the least of these. Now, is this microphone misbehaving over there? Yeah, it's good. We can turn it up. Turn the microphone up a little. I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. (laughs) Kevin's like, yeah, but we know what happens later. (laughs) Uh, We talked about this church. the least of these and why we're called to the least of these and the fact that we're not least it's the fact that we um look at people and we don't consider them expendable we don't consider them unimportant that as god leads us through this life we will take time not only to share the gospel and the light that we have on the inside of us with them but as you saw in the verse that we read to visit them while they're in prison. And not necessarily spend three hours or however long visitation is um, going, okay, this is the Bible and you need to get right. Sometimes it's just spending time with them. Sometimes it's playing dominoes. Well, they won't play dominoes with me because I win. But sometimes it's just talking about the good things in life. And so giving them a glass of water feeding them, visiting them when they're sick, and not thinking I'm getting a reward for this, but just to do it because here's a person in need and we feel that they are important. Today we are adding on to that or kind of dovetailing that with, um, since Kevin loves titles, giving them what we have. Giving them what we have. And we're going to look at that a little bit in the book of Acts um in that this is a very early part of the church this is before the church became an institution they're still looked at by other people around them as okay these were followers of jesus these are people in the way but what exactly are they about and they stood boldly for what they were about when they were outnumbered acts the third chapter we're going to be reading verses one through ten so a little long but not very long Uh, If you have a special Bible, it's uh, page 1809. If you don't have a special Bible, I'll tell you what store to get them from. (laughs) But Acts, the third chapter, if you're there, say amen. Let's all stand in, in honor of reading God's word. The Bible reads, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple thank you which is called beautiful (laughs) to ask alms from those who entered the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John Peter said look at us so they gave them he gave them his attention expecting to receive something from them Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping and praising God. And when the people saw him walking and praising God, They knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. This is your word. We stand fast knowing that this is your word, and we pray that it is your spirit that teaches each and every one of us, both individually as well as a body, what it is that you would have for us out of your word what you would have for us to do and be encouraged by, to be edified by. Lord, we pray that our spirit is open and receptive to your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. There is a lot of spooky, a lot of things that happen in the book of Acts all the way before we get up to this point. And if you ever want to go down a road and see how uncomfortable and sometimes how um, outrageous that the church could be and not outrageous in a bad sense, just far from what we consider church now at times, read the book of Acts. See all the things that happen. You will see a very unique and dynamic relationship that the apostles had with the Holy Spirit. You will see the church grow in leaps and bounds because they depended upon the Holy Spirit. You will see many wonderful works of God that happen in the book of Acts. You will also see apostles that fall out with one another. You will also see disagreements that lead to splits. You will also see executions. In other words, in the world you will have persecution, but Jesus has overcome the world. At the end of the day, all of the stuff that was thrown at the church in the book of Acts, a lot of it was great and impactful. And some of it was very costly, and there are martyrs in this book. But it did not stop the church. It did not stop the gospel. And all the way to the point of where we're at, we are still receiving from what these men and women did through the grace of God. Not only that, but like we talked about last week, what they did got us to where we're at, and what we're doing is what the next generation is going to stand upon. We talk about this church, and I know that people are not going to stay here indefinitely. I always look at churches, or um, permanently, I always look at churches and ministry as driving a bus. Not in Phoenix, because it's kind of a hazard driving a bus in Phoenix, but it's like a bus, and you're a bus driver. In your ministry, whatever it is that God has you to do in life, when you start your route, God says, I'm calling you from here to here. There are going to be people who get on at that first stop, and they're going to be with you the whole entire ride. Some of them, because they're sleeping, you have to wake them up at the end of the route. But either way, they're going to be with you for the whole entire ride. Some of them may talk to you, but you're helping them get from one point to the other. But some people will get on a little bit later and get off sooner because you got them to where they need to be. This church that God has called all of us to steward, there are people who needed a moment to where I need a safe place to worship. And we gave them what we had. We don't have a great big fancy church. We don't have a steeple just yet. We don't have all of these things that other churches do. However, what we do have is the knowledge and understanding that we know that we are loved by God. We can go to a place and fellowship, warts and all, and we can go to a place and be encouraged and feel safe enough to do so and I'm not talking about safe from the environment there's a number of things that can happen in any church and we've seen that in the news but to be in a place where I don't have to worry about uh well what is Chris thinking of me why is this family running around and I gotta move over here you can come here you can you can worship you can be free as a matter of fact I was speaking to someone earlier, sat next to him, and I was like, you know, there's a great peace about you. And he explained the situation. I'm like, wow, wow. Of all the things going on, he can come here and find peace. Praise God. Will he stay in this church for the next five years? That's between him and the Lord. But as long as we do what we need to do in order for people to get to where God has called them, then we have done our part. In this text, Peter is giving somebody what he has. He doesn't have silver and gold. What he has is a relationship and understanding of who he serves, and that is Jesus Christ. And what he gave them, what he gave this lame man, was impactful enough not only to raise him into healing, but also to open the doorway for people to know who God is through the healed man's testimony Acts 3 verse 6 Peter said silver and gold I do not have but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk Peter stood on a position that was based on three things now it's based on a lot more but I can summarize it in three things number one he was in a position of revelation He had an understanding, not just an understanding in his physical sense, but a spiritual understanding of who Jesus was. When um, in Matthew 16, there is a very curious confession that happens. But before you get to Matthew 16 and before I read it, let me remind you of what happened in Matthew 14. A whole... Bunch of the disciples, all of the disciples, really are on. They're on the water. There's a storm going on, and they're most of them are fishermen. They know that's not the place where you want to be. So they're riding the storm out <coughs> the best way they know how. And then all of a sudden, here comes this man walking towards them on the water. Is that normal? So for a fisherman, and they're very superstitious folk, or at least you know when they get out there, there's there's a way things are supposed to be. The storm is bad enough. But when you have somebody walking to you on the water in the midst of the storm, now it's, it's panic. And so they don't know what to make of this. And one person, and that person is Peter, says, if it is you, bid me to come to you on the water. And Peter is the only one that steps off the boat. Everybody else stays on the safety of the boat. Peter goes into the great unknown and starts walking in faith in areas where he should not be able to walk. I hope you remember that when we come back to that a little bit later. As he walks though, he starts seeing, this ain't where he's supposed to be, and he starts succumbing to the rules now of the situation versus the rules of his faith and what Christ has told him. And he starts to sink. And he says, Lord, save me. And Jesus kind of chastises him a little bit. O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And they get back on the boat, and immediately they're on the other side. Then there's chapter 15. Now here's chapter 16. When Jesus, verse 13 through 16, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I am? I, the son of man, am. So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? (laughs) I know what the others are saying. What do you believe? What do you know? What's in your head, not wallet? And one person speaks up, that person being, Simon Peter answers and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He had a revelation because he experienced needing salvation. Jesus's name literally means Jehovah saves. Yehoshua or Yeshua for short, Joshua, means Jehovah is salvation or Jehovah saves. It's one thing to know his name It's another thing to experience the character that's behind the name. And while the others stood on the safety of the boat, Peter is the only one who said, I am out here in a situation I can't fix. You are the only one who was able to fix it because if you hadn't, I would have drowned. They know you in theory. I know you in experience. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus' response was, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father. So there is a revelation that is far different from what you understand in just reading a book and saying, I know the name, to something that the Father has revealed to you. Means a whole lot more. So he had a very powerful revelation of Jesus Christ. He also had a process of renewing his mind, changing his way of thinking. Obviously, a lot happened between Matthew 14 and 28. A lot happened. He denied the Lord, even though he recognized and had a revelation. He still denied the Lord. He still ended up doing some crazy things at the end of John. All the rest rest of the disciples are like, we're just going to leave Peter alone. We're not going to write. John was like, this man, this man, Jumped off the boat, only wearing a cloak, did this, that. <laughs> but it served notice that even though Peter had a revelation, he still had to undergo a process to catch up to that revelation. He needed to have his mind and his way of thinking transformed. And Romans, the 12th chapter, reminds us of that, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, yes but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What are you doing on a daily basis? As you read, as you pray, as you open up your mind to say, Lord, change my way of thinking. He's saying, okay, you looked at love like this, but let me show you this. Oh, I get it. You looked at strength like this, but let me show you this. I get it. You looked at thinking in your old ways that I'm going to solve all of my problems with my two friends, righty and lefty. And sometimes with, with, with their, their long-distant cousins, right foot and left foot. But <laughs> and then if that didn't work, you grabbed to your trunk to get your best friend, Smith and Wesson. And Jesus says that's not the way the church operates. There, there, we had a situation in Geo, and um, it's ironic, the, 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 the weird testimony that you're able to give sometimes. We all, what well, we did, have a division in the leadership to the point where it, it was ugly, it was bad. And I wanted to try and make it the least damaging as possible. But in my thinking, in my way at that time, was I would rather bow out the situation than, than to confront this and it disrupts and tears up the flock. That was not good thinking, by the way. That was old thinking from the old man because I didn't want to deal with confrontation. When the shepherd shouldn't have ran at the sight of a bear or a lion, not might, but at the sight of a bear or a lion that's coming to attack the flock, the shepherd says, you know, I I don't want to disrupt and scare the flock, so I'm just going to leave. And it gets one or two, but it doesn't get everything. When the shepherd's job is to protect the flock. So that was bad. However, in dealing with the situation one of the guys one of the heads actually came to me that was white because the guy was white and he was like um say cool we can we can go and um you know touch him up if if no i told him i says look that's not how we do things in the kingdom of god and he just looked at me like i had three heads Like, really, if this guy's causing first he was like, say, cool, we normally don't get involved in these things because of mixed race leadership. So we usually stay out, but we understand this guy is a problem. And so we're coming to you, a black guy. (laughs) They didn't say that part, but they knew who I was. For what a lot of them stood for, it took a lot for them to speak to a black guy who speaks Hebrew. So for them to come to me and say that, I recognized what they were asking to do. But they were trying to rectify the situation with the world ways. And I told them that's not how the church does things. And because of that, a lot of them started taking notice and changing the way that they were running the yard in a secular fashion based on the way that we were dealing with things in the church. And it was 1,240 something people on the yard, everybody knew what we were doing. That's a powerful testimony to be able to say, you know what, we don't think like that anymore. And they said, we recognize real strength, real wisdom, real kindness and real leadership in what you guys are doing, even though it was flawed in the process. Peter needed a transformation of his mind all the way up until when he started writing first and second Peter, The books that are extremely powerful and books that dealt with some of his issues because he wrote, Paul writes things hard to be understood. They had a falling out, but he wasn't slighting him in his writings. At this point, he was saying, I get Paul. Be careful when you read Paul. Not because I'm trying to cut his knees out, but because you really need to pay attention to what Paul is writing or else you will wrestle yourself if you're double minded in your own destruction. He had a process of revelation and a process of renewal, but he also had a process of relationship. He knew who his savior was and lived and walked in that relationship. Actually, Ephesians should be on the board because that's the only other one I gave him. Paul writes, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. This is Ephesians, the first chapter, verse 15. Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Why? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? He doesn't want you worshiping or following a mystery. He wants you knowing who you have a relationship with. He's not like we are where we show you the best until, you know, like you you want to date Miss so-and-so. And so you clean up the house real nice knowing that's not how you live. You clean up the car real nice knowing that's not how you drive. You dress real nice knowing that's not how you dress. But after about two or three weeks of dating her, you get comfortable. And then, you know, the dirty clothes are all in the front of the house. (laughs) Dishes still in the sink. Car smells like old hamburgers. (laughs) Jesus doesn't change. He says who I am you're going to know. And it's not going to change. You're just going to see me on a deeper and deeper level. And no matter how deep you go in the Lord Jesus Christ, and no matter how deep you go as he leads you to the Father, even though you may see a great many different things, it is still the same God, and they're still based on the same principles. But he wanted them to know who they were in relationship with. No surprises. No surprises. <laughs> I know it's Mother's Day and I should be nice, but I know in this room, at least 90% of us have been in that relationship where we got a surprise. We didn't know somebody that, you know, we were in a relationship was like that. And now we're at a, what in the world are we going to do with this person? Because now we're committed, but uh, this person's crazy. This person is crazy. Jesus Christ is not like that. You know what the unfortunate thing is? Also, the thing that explains the love that Christ has for each and every one of us. Who's the crazy girlfriend in this relationship? (laughs) Think about that next time you start getting into self-righteousness. Like, wait a minute. I'm the crazy one in this relationship I'm the one that can't make up my mind and I want to drive no you drive I'm a dude no you know what I'm done wait a minute take me back we're the ones that are <laughs> Kevin you could edit that part out right <laughs> but the ultimate thing for each and every one of us is to know him to know his nature who he is to know his purpose what he's about and to know his will, what he desires for us. He doesn't say just follow and and you'll figure it out. We'll get to that when we get to it. He says, "This uh, this is my will for you. This is what you're created for. Now, there's the global and then there's the specifics, but he still talks to us and lets us know already what he expects of us. And then he helps us to stop being the crazy girlfriend church and to mature and become the bride and the mother that we are supposed to be. And he's patient enough to do that. Even if it means sometimes he has to kick us out of the car and say, you're going to walk until you get it. (laughs) Colossians chapter 1 Uh, verse 9 through 11 reads for this reason we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding why? that you may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing him being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy he wants you to know who he is and to walk in the confidence of of that relationship now based on these three R's not reading writing and arithmetic which are not R's, only one is but based on these three R's revelation of renewal and relationship this is where Peter is standing when he's addressing a situation that outside of the supernatural he cannot fix when he is addressed with the problem presenting itself to him He has nothing in his physical possession. He has nothing in his background. He has nothing in his knowledge and his set of skills. He's a fisherman that can aid in this person's situation. So what does he do? I'm not going to give you what I have. I don't even have the wherewithals to give to you. What I'm going to give you is what I do have. And then this is where the conversation that he has with the lame man changes from a conversation to a declaration. I want you to get that. See, Ray and, and, and Mark are, are talking to me about the value of words. And usually I'm just a person. I'm just going to get in there. I'm going to preach it any way that you know I can. But after the whole palaces of pickiness and... <laughs> But there is a point to this. I'm going to say that again. This changed from a conversation. Two people sharing ideas, talking, coming to an equilibrium. This goes from conversation to declaration. Because once he said, this I give to you, it was not up for discussion. What I have, I give to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. That was a declaration. That wasn't open to discussion. What he gave this man was the confidence that he had in Jesus and the power of his name and said, let me not just share that name with you. Let me declare that name over you and let me show you the power of the one that I serve. So from that position, he spoke and his actions were based on his confidence and his confidence came from his knowledge and his relationship of Jesus Christ. He didn't just speak casually and say, you know, in Jesus name. And, I, and, and you guys have heard me advise, don't be so callous and so um, common with, you know, oh, in the name of Jesus. I've seen people and, I, and believe me, I'm not ridiculing, I'm not saying anything negative, I'm just pointing out things, okay, I'm not saying you're bad because you do this, it's just understand what you're doing, but you know when, when, you know, uh, a car goes in front of you, Jesus, okay, are you praising him, are you thanking him, or are you just using that word to cover up something else you really wanted to say, but are trying not to say it, Oh, in Jesus name, when we pray, is it something that we just attach to the end of our prayer as a common statement because grandma and them taught us to do that? Or are we really standing fast and saying, Lord, I believe you. I'm leaving this in your hands. And father, it's in the name of Jesus that I come before you and present this to you knowing behind that statement you are standing in the confidence of the revelation that you have of who Jesus is, the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ, and the renewal of your mind to start expecting God to move instead of just throwing things at God and hoping he hears. Do we speak and we act in the name of Jesus and expect divine results? Now, let me clarify something. Because while I went home and I was getting ready and I was saying hi to the dog and believe me I don't have a problem with people praying for their dogs. I pray for Peanut all the time. I say Lord you know she's got this thing going on with her mouth and I ain't ready to lose the dog just yet so you know what You know I tell the dog can be healed in the name of Jesus and she just kind of looks at me can I get a treat? So <laughs> but it's an animal that we steward and we're supposed to take care of the things that are put under our possession. Think about it. Adam was in charge of all the animals. Adam And Eve. So, um, but anyway, (laughs) before we get on that, I know that when you start talking about declaration, there is a black eye that is in the church that has come up in the last 40 years of some people taking this principle and going completely to the other end of the world with it. And what happens when people do that is that the natural reaction of man, especially in the church, is because now this black eye exists, we're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We're going to get rid of the whole thing. We're just not even going to talk about it. Well, I declare in Jesus name. Well, no, we we don't we don't do that. Well, yes, you do. But there is a difference in what you're declaring because Jesus is not a wishing well. And that's where the black eye comes from. Well, if I just declare it in Jesus' name, I'm going to get whatever I want. No, that is not how it works. What we can stand on in the name of Jesus is the declarations that Jesus has already pronounced. So all we're doing when we stand, and somebody mentioned that earlier in Ephesians, when the Bible says, in that day, stand, and having done all to stand, stand. We're standing proclaiming the victory that is already won in Christ Jesus. We're not standing there going, well, we got to get the victory. You already got the victory. You're standing there proclaiming the victory is already won. It is finished. So we're declaring a finished work. We're not declaring, say, who wants a Maserati? Because, say, who don't need a Maserati? But, uh, you know what, if I go pray it in Jesus' name, I'm going to get a Maserati. I think he knows better than I do. 200, what was 195, 210 horsepower? That's more than enough. (laughs) I've already gotten myself into trouble. My father knows best. So when we declare, we're not declaring our words, our selfish heart. We are declaring what our father has already spoken. And you think, well, I'm not supposed to do that. Peter says, let every man. Speak as of the oracles of God in every man who does things or who who um, uh, serves in the spirit and the, the grace that God provides. In other words, what we do should be in Jesus name and what we speak should be as God moves us in the spirit. We shouldn't be saying words of just fleshly nonsense. <laughs> Colossians 317 says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the father through him. People ask me, is smoking bad? Smoking's not gonna get you into hell, but it, you might smell like it when you get there, when you get to heaven. But ask yourself this question, because the Bible, you know, I'm not advocating smoking, but the Bible does say all things are profitable, or all things are lawful, but not I will not be brought under the power of any. I guarantee you people who smoke are brought under the power of smoking. But I used to ask myself this question. Actually, in Geo, I used to ask that question. Okay, if you smoke, just say, Lord, I'm lighting this cigarette in Jesus' name. And then see how you feel about that. And keep saying it until either you and Jesus agree that, yeah, I'll just keep smoking, or you go, you know what? This ain't right. <laughs> and then somebody flipped it on me. Say, cool. Yeah, yeah, how you doing? He says, yeah. Hey, man, when you go watch Family Guy on Sunday night, just say, I'm watching Family Guy in Jesus' name and see how you feel about that. <laughs> so I don't watch Family Guy <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but whatever you do in word or in deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ do unto the Lord and so here is Peter not speaking based on his confidence in himself but speaking on what he knows of Jesus I'm going to give you what I've been given in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk look logic is debatable we can talk about why I think this is better than that, or why a, seven, a Boeing 777 is a much better plane than an Airbus 350, and definitely an Airbus 380, or why the 747 is still this, that, and that. We can talk about logic, we can talk about opinions, and we can debate them, but you know what? Confidence is contagious. You know how many bad ideas that people followed because it just got exciting and you yeah, know I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump in an icy lake. And all of a sudden all these other people are going, "Why would you? I'm going to do it." You know what? I might as well do it. Next thing you know, you got a whole herd of lemmings running into an icy lake, jumping in there. <laughs> Cuz somebody was confident enough to go do this crazy thing. Confidence is contagious. You can be around, just like on the flip side, nervousness is contagious. Even the people who were bold during COVID still got nervous because the people around them were nervous. But do you notice how, until it's disproven, that everybody has this collective confidence going on and you just get swept up in it? When one or two people in the church are confident in Jesus Christ and often you will see it start with just a little widow's might of believers because everybody else is say I don't know how we can buy that building I don't know how we can speak to this I don't know how we can address that and you got these one or two fanatics you know what a fanatic is somebody who won't change his mind and won't change the subject but you got these two fanatics man look jesus gave us the ability to go and walk and do this and do that we're gonna do it we're gonna pray we're gonna pray for 24 hours we're gonna fast okay whatever i don't think we're gonna get it and then you go around and like, yeah we're gonna get it we're gonna move it and you it, it starts messing with you well maybe i'll pray for an hour with you it's starting to spread Now their confidence is starting to overcome your lack of confidence. And all of a sudden revival breaks out because now everybody starts realizing and getting on board with who Jesus is. You can talk about Jesus, but you're not confident in something that you talk about. You're confident in something that you know. When 12 spies went out, two of them were confident, not in their physical ability to take the land, but in the God that they serve. And 10 were completely not confident confident in their ability to take the land. You say, yeah, but they didn't take the land. You know, only two people made it into the land from that generation. Four, actually. Joshua, Caleb, Phineas, Eliezer. Joshua and Caleb were the two that said we can take it And not only did they have the confidence to go back and stand with that testimony in the midst of everybody else saying you're out of your mind. But they also had the confidence to wait another 40 years while everybody else died off and they saw that promise. Confidence is contagious. What are we confident about? We're confident or should be growing in confidence that when we speak in the name of Jesus, there should be a result. There should be an affect. There should be something that happens. We don't speak the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in vain. If we're going to step out and do something, we're going to start to the least of these adults-only ministry, we don't say it's a good idea. We say in the name of Jesus. And while we're looking at all of the impossibilities that it is in order to do this, we don't get shaken by our inability to do this, that, and the other. We stand confident that as we strike out on this road, following the Lord Jesus Christ and running and stewarding this church in the name of the Lord Jesus that he will provide. He will meet the need and he will be able to address the situations that we don't have the wherewithals to address. You say, why is that important? Paul, Paul, Peter, knew that when he declared the name of the Lord Jesus, there was going to be an affin. And that affect wasn't just to set right something that was wrong. This man being lame from his birth. Is that how God created him? No. So you know what? If you're looking for something, if you will receive it, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. This is not what you were created for. You say, well, that's just a physical healing. It is, but guess what? He received an immediate meat to his knee, physically. But because his need was met, it was no longer an obstacle for him to get up and go into the temple, leaping and worshiping God. Do you know how many people it writes about in the writings of Josephus and in the Bible and in many other texts of that time where people went into the temple doing cartwheels and leaping and being happy and all that? Not very many. This was the first Pentecostal. (laughs) (laughs) but he didn't look he was so excited about what he received that 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 in in looking uncivilized he still went in and gave god the glory because of the because something was spoke over him in the name of jesus and he received it because peter didn't go well i hope you have a good day he says no you know what this is impossible but i know the god of the impossible In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, rise up. And so he knew that, and this man was blessed. But not only was this man blessed, and this man went into the temple praising God, but now because other people started seeing his testimony, now they're wondering, I know, wait, wasn't you that lame guy that was just out here? And now you're up leaping, and and then you talk to these guys who knew that, What's going on with this Jesus Christ thing? So his immediate need being met not only freed him to go in and worship, but now his testimony, not being spoken, but just being lived, allowed other people to start looking and saying, I see the power of Christ at work. Who is this Jesus you speak of? You say, how does that relate to us? Well, guess what? We have a... Now it's time to put people on Front Street. We have a young man in this congregation and and I now I know his his bosses and some of the family that he's associated with and he works for. And I remember going and sitting down with them and saying, So what, what exactly um, what exactly drew your attention? To this church, because this is not a very—it's starting to not—it's starting to become an easy church to find. But this is not a very easy church to find. So, what turned your antenna into to the least of these? He Says, well, you know, because of so and so, we knew him before his situation, and then when he got out, he worked with us again, and we saw a difference. We saw a change. We saw something in him that we didn't see before. And it's not something you can manufacture it's not perfect but at the end of the day it's real i won't tell you who that person is i don't know i don't even know if that person knew that we had that conversation but it is because of them being blessed in the name of the lord jesus christ and their issue being pushed enough to the side to where they can worship God freely, and in their life of just worshiping God, now other people are taking notice and saying, I truly see the power of Christ among you. That's nothing that we did, and it's nothing that we manufactured. It's just standing in the name of Jesus, and even though I don't have the physical wherewithals in order to bless somebody, I can still meet their need through Jesus Christ. You say, well, why is that important for us? Because the adversary can try to sell us short on what we're doing. The adversary can try to tell you, well, you know, you're, you're not Peter. You're not John. You're not Paul. You're not Stephen. You're not any of these guys. You're not even Dr. Dollar. You're not even um, Stanley, Charles Stanley. You're not any of these known names. You come from a dirty background and you can't make a difference. Well, I beg to differ, because if Jesus can take fishermen who didn't know anything else but fishermen, but put them into a position because of his name to where they can speak healing and cause a stir and draw attention, and as the Bible says, if he is lifted up, he will draw all men. If he put fishermen who did not have the best background into a position to do that, what makes you think he can't do that with you? You know who knows that? The adversary knows that. For your adversary, the devil, walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I looked up lions earlier because I was wondering about that. Like, Like Jesus is the lion of Judah, but Lucifer walks around as a roaring lion, using the roar to not only proclaim territory, but also to intimidate. Not really to scare prey. It doesn't paralyze prey, but it does intimidate. When a lion goes up and roars, it's intimidating. You know what I used to tell my supervisor at Peddlers? Look, uh, Gabe, a lion doesn't have to roar to prove he's a lion. If a lion shows up in this room, whether he roars or not, you're gonna respect him. When Jesus shows up, he only says what he needs to say. It is somebody that is trying to prove something that goes around roaring, seeking, and seeing who it can disrupt. So the adversary really has no bite, just a lot of bark, but he's using the bark in order to try and scare you away from the power that you truly have. To scare you, well, you know, has God said, which is an old tactic, that you should not eat of the tree? Has God said that everybody else is redeemable but you? Has God said? You know, if you be a Christian, why are you doing this? If you be a Christian, why don't you go and do this? Always trying to get you to doubt your position so that you can't stand in real heartfelt solid confidence and declare in the name of Jesus but you don't have to succumb to it because each and every person in this room I don't care who you are I don't care what your background is I don't care what you came out of I don't care what your age is each and every person in this room has a relationship with Jesus Christ has revelation knowledge because you've experienced his salvation in your life and are constantly being renewed in your mind on a daily basis to start thinking like don't let the adversary take that from you because there's going to be situations that arise where somebody who is lame somebody who is sick somebody who is thirsty, somebody who is hungry is gonna be in need and they walk, they look at you knowing that you have something but not knowing fully what it is. And you stand and you declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, walk. And you make a connection with them and you lift them up to their feet and help them to be the person that God has called them to be. Let's pray. Lord on this day, as we look around and we see each other, and we see what you have brought us to, through many trials and many challenges, through many learning curves, but yet at the end of the day, we know that we go through the valley of the shadow of death with you. We know that you're preparing a table before us in the presence of our enemies. At the whole entire time, we know that we are walking with you, our Chief Shepherd. And while we haven't always been reasonable sheep, Great sheep, it's not based on what we have done or haven't done it's based on your love for us and our faith in you Lord help us to take what you have given us and be able to share that with someone else to stand boldly not conversating but declaring the mighty name of Jesus over the needs that face us on a daily basis Not to be intimidated by our lack and not to be intimidated by the adversary who tries to shut us down. But standing in confidence of who you are, of the power that you have, that all power in heaven and on earth is given to Jesus. And because we are the church, we stand as the body of Christ, as you have called us to go out and be ambassadors, let us not be ambassadors who are uh, walking powerless, walking ineffectual, but let us be ambassadors who know full well the weight and the glory and the power as well as the person that we proclaim, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, King of kings and Lord of lords. A name that will not go out and return void. Let us stand in that confidence, no matter what we've gone through, and say, you know, I know of a surety who Jesus is. And let me share him with those who are around us in need. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Would you all stand? You would be surprised at, you may reflect on this, you may go back and you may say, you know what? Yeah, okay, in the name of Jesus, I need to stand confident in Jesus. I need to put this into practice. And then 20 minutes later, here's somebody with a need. You'd be surprised. But no matter what comes your way, know who you serve. Declare who you serve. Meet the challenge in the name of Jesus not in the name of my own power and watch God work in your life would you all lift your hands for the benediction? now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you complete in every good work to do his will working in you what is well pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever Let the church, amen, God bless you.